hey, do you have some old patients on a list that you want to reactivate? Well, a couple of our users ran into the same issue and they use Clinic Gym Connect to help make this process easier. So I'll let them tell you all about it here. You know, I've been in practice eight years and, and I can tell you for sure there's people who haven't been in, in six, seven years. As a one-man show, I couldn't follow up with people. It's just on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. And so when Mark came on, this is a guy who's here to get stuff done. And I'll leave it up to, to him from there. Off the bat, it was pretty overwhelming just looking at a, a base of 2,000 plus old patients that uh, haven't been in, like Dr. Carson said, in some even six years. Yeah. So I would go into our EHR, pull out a couple months at a time, tag them put them on the dialer, send out some texts, introducing myself and whether they respond or not, go through, call them. A lot of people um, would say, Hey, how are you guys doing? Like, how's Dr. C? Haven't seen you guys in a while. It's funny. I was just thinking about you the other day. And then a couple of good ones were, uh, Oh, you know, I'm good. But uh, my cousin, my friend, my coworker, my wife, they've been having some back pain for a while. So glad you called. I was just thinking about you guys. Like they said, it's not just reactivations, it's also referrals and getting those new patients in when they send their friends, their loved ones, their spouse, their partner, whoever it is, they want you to take care of them because they know, like, and trust you. So if you want to do this in your own practice, check out clinicgymconnect.com and we can help you reach out to those people. It only takes a few clicks of the mouse and those people will be coming in and sending their friends. If you're interested in more, check out clinicgymconnect.com. Are you a chiropractor or physical therapist that believes in exercise, wants to make some money, and wants to provide the absolute best care for your patients? Well, then you are in the right place. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and this is Clinic Gym Radio, where we talk about the Clinic Gym hybrid model, which is combining the best parts of healthcare with active care and fantastic exercise programs to get patients the best care they can while helping you make more money in this game. This is Clinic Gym Radio, and I'm Dr. Josh Satterley. I'm excited for you to be here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, as always, Dr. Josh Satterley. And today I'm joined by Dr. Justin Rabinowitz. Justin, what is going on, my man? Uh, second time on the pod, so I feel honored that you brought me back. Yeah, man. It's like, a, what do they call that? Remix, you know? Yeah, that's it. Love it. Awesome. Uh, we'll see if you're the, the dance party version or the, uh, you know, instrumental. You know, Whatever works. Yeah. Now, Justin, one of the things that we recently had a conversation and you've spent a couple of years basically solving a problem that I, I think a lot of people go through, which is they, they want to provide amazing care. They know that rehab, you know, active care, therapeutic exercise, whatever you want to code it or bill it as is super important. We all agree with that. But that damn clock on the wall keeps ticking away. And if it clicks too fast, we can't make money doing this, right? Right. So then people, unfortunately, are thrown to like, oh, man, just adjust and kick them out. Like, that's where you're making your money. You can, you can adjust 60 people in an hour. Don't waste your time with that crap. But it, the people like you, like me, like all of our friends in the DNS and, and SFMA world and TPI, like that tears our heart out of our chest. We can't practice that way. So you kind of solve that problem. Is that right? Uh, we've done a pretty good job, I'd say, over the last five, six years of being open to be able to solve that problem to an extent and but always we're solving the problem continuously for ourselves our businesses and now for other people as well so yes nice but i mean right now the reason i want to have you on is you can help rehab kairos make money at rehab 
Correct. Yes, that yeah. is 100% correct. Well, don't bury the lead, homeboy. I think a lot of people <laughs> listening are going, man, I, I want to do that, right? Yeah. So uh, let's give everybody just like one minute of background. So you're out there in New Jersey. You're a chiropractor. Um, you, you love the rehab stuff. How did the kind of transition go to, man, I got to figure this problem out because uh, I have a feeling there was some uh, significant pain involved. I mean, my, my story goes back to 2009 when I started chiropractic school. So I was in second trimester and I started to get into the MPI, the rehab world, doing all the things that all your listeners know, like, and trust already. And so I knew I wanted to practice that way. And at the same time, I went to the library and took out the chiropractic business DVDs or CDs at the time. I had my 98 Nissan Altima driving around Seneca Falls, New York with. And the only thing they had was the master circle. So I started listening to that. Again, I didn't know any different. It was business for chiropractors. And very quickly, I realized that, okay, this isn't for me. But I didn't really understand what to do at that point because I knew how I wanted to practice. But at the same time, I knew that I didn't want to follow the business advice that I was hearing because I wasn't going to practice the way those guys were telling me to. So it kind of started second semester and I didn't know what I didn't know, but I knew that wasn't it. Um, you know, the, from that, I'm, I'm sure yeah. not to cut you off, but I'm sure within that, cause I listened to the, uh, Whitehall tapes. I don't know if you remember those, no, um, same, same kind of ilk. And I remember early on having that kind of struggle between like, there are fundamental business principles in here. Like I kind of recognize that, but you know, it's like, something's off. Like, you know, we have all the ingredients here, but the burrito is not what I'm, it's just not tasting good. Yeah. I think that's a great point. One of the things when I speak to students, I always tell them if they're going to an associateship that might not be exactly what they want is to your point, find something, right? Those high volume guys, even though we're not them, they have really great systems. Maybe they have built a good team. Maybe they understand sales and marketing. Now our marketing and sales will be different. That I promise you. But I think just this is Carol Dweck 101 is you always try to find the positive. And that's what you just said is the lesson that I preach for everybody. So, yes, there was some good stuff in there, but not enough for me to continue to listen. (laughs) Um, And so that was where the journey started. And since that time, it's over a decade now, that's been my goal is how can we run a successful practice and practice the way that I want to and run a wildly successful business as well. Because what I found when I got into the rehab space is you know that there was almost this this giving up attitude, like I'm not going to get wealthy doing it. I'm not going to run a good business. Um, And people have just kind of given up that they've sold their soul to the rehab side and just said, oh, that's not for me. And I, you know, I'm a stubborn guy. I always say I'm stubborn and I just wouldn't accept that. So that's, you know, when you ask me about the intro, it's like, yes, I'm always going to be figuring that out because I just won't accept that that's not possible for us. I love it. Yeah. Well, I would love to cover this because we both know a ton of incredible, incredibly skilled, amazing people. Uh, that have an incredible skill set in in MPI and DNS and TPI and FMS and SFMA and all these things, and yet are absolutely broke with no prospect of that changing, you know? Yeah. And the whole reason I, I started the clinic gym hybrid model is like, if I just sat people down, I'm like, hey, find a path to double your income in the next two or three years. Just, mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to do it right now, just find a path. Uh, because the pressure puts on you is as soon as your schedule's full, you know, most chiropractic clinics, boom, that's it. That's the end of the income. You know, yes. schedule's full and we collect whatever it is, 200 bucks an hour. 
we know that just multiply the hours you're working times 200 bucks and there's the amount, right? And that sucks, yeah. especially with insurance repayments because they're, I've never, to this day, never got the letter where it says, hey, congratulations, we're upping your repayment and we're paying you for more codes and more often and you can double bill us for this stuff. I ain't never seen that letter. So basically, if those are going down and your time is fixed, you're stuck. And so the fact that you came forward and you're like, hey, man, I can figure out like how to get rehab people to make money. I think that's huge because, you know, what other job would you take where you're like, oh, yeah, your income will never go above what you're making now? Yeah. 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 It's All right, um, so. Yeah. Uh, just so that we just don't keep talking, because I will do this. I'm sorry. I will keep <laughs> talking around this problem. But I would love to dive into like a couple tips that you have that people can use. You know, this is going to come out on a Tuesday. They can think about it, look at their clinic during the week and decide yeah. that following weekend, like, here's what I'm going to start doing to start on that path to making more money. Yeah. So you cannot change the laws of princip and principles of business or math. And so I think we have to start there. One of the problems, exactly to your point, is so many of us do the rehab, we spend more time with people. But if you look at what we're either charging in cash or being reimbursed, it's about the same, maybe a little bit more, but not much more than the guy down the street that's seeing double or triple the volume. And at some point, we cannot beat math. So the thing that you can go back and do tomorrow in your clinic is to go back and understand what you're actually making per patient. You know, most of us get into practice and we have, you know, this is the journey, right? You start as an associate, you work for a terrible boss, you don't like how they're doing it, you, you leave um, and you inherit a worse boss, which is yourself. And then to make matters worse, you know, your boss is charging 50 bucks an hour and spending 10 minutes and you decide to spend 30 minutes and charge 60 bucks an hour. Well, the math doesn't work because he's seeing five or six patients an hour at $60 and you're seeing three at the same, at, at maybe $10 more, whatever the math looks like. And at some point we just have to look at it and say, this is not going to work anymore. So that if we start there and understand, um, that, then we can make a decision. Now, what I've seen as I started doing coaching is the problem is most rehab chiropractors that I know have gone so far down the rabbit hole of rehab, they're not even aware of what they're making per visit. I had a client when I started with her, she was spending 45 minutes to an hour in New York City, in New York City. And we realized that one of her reinsurance reimbursements was on average 34 bucks. And she had no idea. And when I, when we got through this, the first thing was she was almost in tears. I felt terrible like for her, but at the same time, it was the best conversation that we had because she's like, that's it. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. So at least we saw, but you'll never, you could have the best service. You could have the most Instagram followers. You could have world-class systems. You could be good at marketing and sales, but if tomorrow, if your price structure is off or insurance or cash, it doesn't matter it's going to be impossible to grow a business. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I feel like that gal bought a new house, brand new house. And, uh, you came in six weeks later and, you know, tore back a wall and said, this thing is infested with termites, right? Like you don't, you think this is good, but it's going to collapse here soon. Yeah. And, and it sucks. You're yeah. exactly right. In the, in the world of the rehab chiropractor or any chiropractor, at some point, they're getting to the point where they look up, they have no more time, and they have no money in the bank account. And they're like, yeah. all right, what do I do? I don't have enough yeah. money to hire anyone to help me, and I don't have enough time to see more patients. And at that point, it's over. It's, if you're stuck. You're never yeah. going to change. And you know, my clients, and, 30, 
Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, and the worst part about it is, like the reason you and I are having this conversation is we are over the hump of, we're not talking about people, like we're talking about making money because we can rely on the fact that everybody listening that has this problem is providing the best representation of chiropractic care. We're not talking about helping people who are unsavvy individuals make more money. We're talking about people who are providing what the evidence says you should provide, what you know every patient says you provide. Like you're probably getting amazing results. So we're talking to the people specifically who are getting amazing results and spend the right amount of time with people, which, you know, whatever you want to argue that is. But we need those people to be successful because if they're not, 10 years from now, what will be the perception of chiropractic clinics? It's going to have to stay the high volume person that's just burning and churning, you know, what do they say? Cracking necks and cash and checks. Yep. And you're like waving the flag for like, no, if we can make the rehab chiros successful financially, there will be more rehab chiros out there, which means more people who pursue chiropractic, their version of it, their, what they tell their friends about will be what we want chiropractic to be known for. Yeah. Not the magical crystals and I think I heard him referred to as the Harry Potter kids. Uh... It's, it's a great point. And for me to take a step back as I start to do the coaching and really say like, all right, what do we want to do here? And, you know, doing, to your point, doing rehab in a chiropractic clinic is not a new thing at this point. It's new, but I'm not going to change that. There are people doing it. But as I look at the profession and we live in a world where everyone eats their young and no one makes any money, as I've talked to my clients, like my job now is to help you guys grow your practice to the point that you guys are successful and then help you get to the next stage where we, as a collection of rehab chiros that have a good company culture, that do the right thing by patients, now we can go and provide opportunities for other chiropractors coming out of school. To your point, I speak to students now and they ask me about associateships and I have to tell them, listen, it's probably going to be terrible Like, because that's true. So the only way we change it is by changing our businesses first. The only way we can afford to pay someone a living wage is to understand the marketing and sales and the price structure so that the business makes money so that we can bring someone in and we don't have to eat, eat their young. It all works together, but it requires us first to be the one to change it. So, yeah, <laughs> this, this issue just, I, it just, I just struggle inside with it because I see so many good people. Anyways. So going back to that list, I don't want to diversion that. So you said, number one, you've got to figure out the math of what you're actually collecting, not what you're billing. you got to figure out what you're collecting. And I'll put an asterisk there. Time is money. So if, it, if you collect $90, but it takes you six months to collect that, that does not equal $90 today. So right. that's probably another factor. I just don't want to confuse this with a big math equation. We're talking about a bunch of people with biology and kinesiology degrees, for God's right. sakes. Let's not have them do calculations. Yeah. Um, so. That was the first thing. What's the, what's the second thing on your list of like three steps you got to figure out? So the second thing, if we were in person, I'd get tomatoes thrown at me, is people have to learn how to sell. Now, if you don't like the word sales, fine. We'll call it communication training. I, I don't care what you call it. But what we talk about in our office is value for unique solution. And what that basically means, if we take it outside of our profession, is... Josh, if you went to buy a BMW today or a Toyota, you would inherently know there's a value in the unique solution that the BMW provides, even though it's probably three to four times the cost. Now, because of marketing and it's been around and all these different factors, inherently, we already know that. 
in our world as a chiropractor, as a rehab chiropractor versus the 10 guys down the street, that's not there. And so without fail, if someone comes to your office and says, you're expensive, I'm going to go down the street to the guy who's half the price or a quarter of the price or one-tenth of the price and takes the insurance and the whole thing, I would say they don't understand the value for unique solution that you can provide. And that is what we call, that's an objection. And so every other aspect of life, what the house you buy, there's a million houses from ranges from you know a little to a lot, cars, food, entertainment, travel, everything has cheapest option, middle option, high option. And there's a lot of different options out there. And it's it's an impossibility that everyone in the world always resorts to the cheapest option for everything. It's it doesn't the world doesn't work that way. So why in our profession do we believe that no one has money, no one can afford it, and no one sees the value in what we do? That's not a them problem. That's an us problem. That, that's funny. Every time I get a client and they always argue about like, oh, I can't you know, so they want to start a gym on, on the backside of their clinic. And they're like, yeah. And I say, yeah, you got to charge a premium for this, you know, class membership because it's led by an expert. Like you are an expert, right? And expertise costs money in anything, right? And uh, they, uh, oftentimes they push back. And I love using this example because it was taught to me. They're like, no, nobody will pay that. And I say, look, I play golf. And Justin, I'm sure in New Jersey, are there, golf, are there a lot of golf courses? A lot of golf clubs and a lot of golf courses. Yeah. And there are also country clubs, right? Where Correct. people pay a membership. Now, Correct. those people, as much as they love golf, could go play at a much lower rate. In fact, a country club membership financially does not make sense. Everybody will tell you that, but that doesn't matter. That is not, is not a financial equation for people to go out there. And it's like, why do you go out there? Well, I want to be with my friends. I want to feel good. I want to move. I want to get out. Okay? Why do you come into this gym? Well, I want to be with my friends. I want to feel good. I want to get out. Right. Okay. So if there are country clubs in your area, there are people who can afford your service. Right. I'm not saying that everybody's in those country clubs, but there's enough to fill up all those country clubs. For sure. I, I joined one about uh, two summers ago. And again, talk about what are the va- value for unique solution. So one of the things for me, a pain point was I often couldn't play on like weekends and holidays, uh, or I wouldn't play on weekends and holidays at public courses because it is impossible. And so one of the things for me with my schedule was the ability to go to a place where there's smaller amount of people at a club and I could go walk out at 11 o'clock on Memorial Day weekend and I've got the place to myself. Okay, so that's a value for me. Now, you're right. The golf course down the street is just as nice. Some of them are actually even nicer, but they're public. Um, so things like that, there, yeah. there, I'm, I'm convincing myself that even though it's not a good investment and I can do it cheaper elsewhere, there's a or, reason oh, why. Yeah, but I can, I can leave my clubs at the, at the country club. It's like, so a place to store a, a golf bag that that's worth whatever, a thousand bucks a month. You're telling me, but it's like, listen, let's not let my wife hear this because we live in a, a <laughs> two bedroom apartment. And that was actually one of my sales pitches to her. Cause I didn't have my golf bag in the <laughs> house anymore. So let's not tell her that that wasn't a real thing. Yeah, I mean, between that and the golf shoes, I mean, you're saving at least two square feet, you know? <laughs> She she got me actually recently because I still keep some of my clubs at home. One of those like mini golf bags for like pitch and putt, and it looks like like a beer chugger that I like carry around now. And she allows me to have that in the house. So great, yeah, awesome. All right, so that's number two is uh, you got to provide the the value, and you you got to be willing to sell. You have yes, to, right? yes. 
Yeah. Yes. By the way, if anybody listening goes, hey, I'm an evidence-based, uh, I, I practice evidence-based or evidence-informed medicine, cool. If you are evidence-based or evidence-informed business person, you will realize that every business in the world has to operate with having a known sales process. Correct. It yeah. doesn't have to be greasy sales guy like forcing himself upon everybody, but it has a defined sales process. So that is a business principle. <laughs> yes. All right. Number three, what do you got? Number three if depending on your revenue, you know, if I do this with my clients and I sort of show them the path forward, you know, zero to $10,000 a month in revenue and like a, a new practice. The only thing that matters is marketing and sales, right? 15 to 20, you start maybe thinking about admin and things like that, but you still have to only worry about marketing and sales. So we talked about sales for number two, but number three is some form of getting out into the community and doing marketing. So there's two ways you can market your practice. You can ask for referrals. Great. You should do that. Um, you can pay for ads, Google ads. You know, we have like an agency that we have clients, but if, if you're a small practice, you might not be able to afford it. So then what do you have to do? You've got to go and be the guy in your town who has to know everybody because it's free. And when you get going in your practice for the, the guys and gals out there getting started in this rehab chiropractic world, you know, anywhere between zero and I would say like 20 to 25,000 a month in revenue, you are the marketing director. You are the face of the franchise. You are the guy that has to go and knock mm -hmm. on doors and have meetings and do all of that. And mm -hmm. until you get to that, you know, 15 to 20 to 25,000 a month mark, nothing else matters. And, and again, this is talking about business principles. At, the, at, a, at a bigger level, like in a technology business or like a SaaS company, they would talk about that from zero to a million. Now it's a bigger company, so it's not comparable revenue-wise. But if you read like business books, it's like until you get to a million in those businesses, it's just marketing and sales. We just got to get customers across the line. And so it doesn't change in our world. You know, okay, you have to have business systems. Yes, you're right. You have to have a sales system. You have to have a marketing system. Yes, you have to have a sales system. One of the things, uh, a marketing system, one of the things I teach my clients, uh, if this is, I have a saying, if you're doing nothing, do something. Once you're doing something, then refine it. Most of my clients, when they get started with me, they have no, they, they never block out their schedule to go and do marketing. They don't like leaving their office. They go from their office to their house. They're not doing any paid advertising. So there's literally no marketing happening. And so most of the time when I get started, it's like, if you're doing nothing, let's just try something for the next three months. It just makes sense. If you go from nothing to something, you're going to get results. Yeah. If I tell you I want to lose weight and you're like, and I go, I'm going to start walking. Great. I mean, that's not as effective as everything else, but that's a great uh, start. Yes. And if I go, hey, I want to lose more weight, you go, well, go the same distance, just run. And it's like, oh, really? Oh, okay. Like, that's an upgrade. Yeah. And then it's like, run and do weights. Okay, run weights, and then uh, let's get you on a meal plan. Run weights, meal plan, supplements. You know, like, all those things are better, but I, I do like that. Like, if you're just doing nothing, do something. Do, do something, Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because you asked me right before we got on the three tips and I didn't know what I was going to say. But now by the end of it, uh, that's the, if people want to know sort of the secret of what I do when I start with a client mm -hmm. who's a cash-based um, or out-of-network rehab chiropractor, literally step one is figure out price structure. Mm -hmm. Step two is teach them how to sell, do sales and communicate. And step three is kick them in the ass to get out of their office to go market to somebody. Yeah. It, the formula is not like I'll get that is the formula. Now there's some nuance to it, but if you want the answer, that's the answer. That's it. Yep. 
It's uh, it's like diet and exercise, right? You want to lose weight, diet, exercise. Now, within those, we can break them down further. Like how much chromium picolinate <laughs> should you take? <laughs> right. Like, just diet and exercise. I like it. So, Justin, before we go any further, if people are like, man, this guy is singing my song. I need this. I need help with this. I'm a rehab Cairo. I'm just not making money. How can they reach out to you? How can they get a hold of you? And kind of what do you offer? Yeah, well, so the easiest way, and I've had a couple people reach out recently, coaching at strive to move.com, strive the number two move.com. You can just shoot me an email right now. I'm, strive I'm, to move is your clinic name, just for is my yeah, overarching clinic name, uh, you know, right here in New Jersey. And there's a couple ways. Number one, I'm happy to jump on a call with anyone who wants to just talk about their business. I'll give me some free advice um, if they like it. And I also have a free guide. It's the is the rehab chiropractors checklist, which I'm happy to send over to anyone that that wants to get that, awesome. which gives you the step-by-step process checklist, exactly you know what we've done fundamentally to, to grow our business. So those would be the two easiest ways to get in touch. Fantastic. So coaching at strive2move.com. Yep. Correct. Right, cool. yep. Well, let's dive into this marketing thing because I have some strong feelings there. Um, I've certainly screwed it up in my life. And you and I have had some conversations and, and sent messages back and forth that it's a a common thing, I think, with all of rehab chiros is, for the most part, I see that they really love, enjoy teaching their community about whatever it is. So uh, whether it's pelvic floor health or, you know, avoiding back pain in golf or, you know, shoulder care for athletes, doesn't matter. They're totally down to educate, right? And someone put together amazing blogs, amazing handouts, and, you know, presentations and everything, yet that doesn't move the needle with getting patients in the office. Right. So they're, they're loved by their entire community. Every, you know, I have a, uh, I can think of a client, every little league uh, coach in his area wants him to speak to his kids. Right. Yet he doesn't get a ton of patients in his door for that. And he yes. does it because he's a good guy. So how can people actually, how can they actually get their marketing to produce more clients, not just be a very welcome guest in the community? Yeah, great question. And something we struggled with for so long. And in my podcast that we just started, um, unintentional plug, but this is like the first and second episodes was about this exact type of thing because we've had so much pain over a few years where I would say I would go to teach at a CrossFit gym and we do a shoulder seminar and the seminar would end and I'd finish and uh, how did it go? Well, it went great. Well, why? Every coach walked up to you, man, that was awesome. I really appreciate it. All the members like, that's incredible, blah, blah, blah. And then what? Nothing, nothing, right? Well, the content was good. Okay, right? And so it's like, what the heck happened? And so we did that for years and years and years. And it's like, all right, at some point, what the heck is going on? Because we're wasting our time at that point, right? If we can't measure a return on investment, it's like, this is cool. But like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. And so... If you know that guy on the, you know, going the, back to principles yeah. real quick. Yeah. I hope everybody takes away though, the, the idea. Number one, there are plenty of gyms or country clubs or groups or something in your area that would love to have you speak. Number two, there's interested crowds that are willing to sit there and listen, whether it's coaches or the clients or whatever. Number three, you probably presented information. No one else had ever presented to them. No one else had ever made sense of it like you can. So these are all positives. So we don't want to just throw the baby out with the bathwater and say it's stupid, but it's telling you, hey, I have the right key, but when I walk through that door, there's just nothing in there. 
How yeah. can I walk into a different room that has a lot of, you know, essentially a bank vault that has a lot of money in it? Right. Yeah. I think something from a mentality standpoint is um, th- it's not this doesn't work, is I haven't figured it out yet. Right. If someone else, my mentality now is I've grown as a business owner, um, I will never say that won't work for us. I say the opposite. If it's worked for somebody else, why can't we do it? And it's a mentality switch. And we speak a lot about that in, in my at my team, in my team and my coaching clients. Cause if we're not there from a mentality standpoint, the first time we get the door shut in our face, the first time we screw something up, if 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 that's it, like I can't help you if you're not willing to put the work in to and but first have the mindset that we can fix it. So we have to first go with the idea and trust, in this case, me, that it can and does work. And I don't care if you're in Bozeman, Montana or San Diego or Las Vegas, that people are people and they're not that different everywhere as we think they are. We're not, these aren't aliens. So that, and that's a, that's a huge point, which I wanted to, wanted to hit on. But if I had a billboard, you know, the guy with the sign that the meme with the cardboard sign where they put things up. Uh, if I had yeah, that the guy in New and, York city, the yeah, if I, had, or whatever the if I had that, I'm probably gonna make a slide when I present on this <laughs> with that on there. The answer to the question, Josh is when you go to teach at a gym specifically we'll use a gym as an example, you have to teach them the why and they have to understand the how and the what is to come to your office for treatment. So let me break mm. that down a little bit. Right. So let's repeat that real quick. Yes. So you have to teach the why the how and the what they have to understand is to come to your office for treatment. And one of the objections I get from clinicians from rehab Cairo is when I say that is, oh, you're withholding information, that's sleazy, yada, yada, yada. And I couldn't disagree more. And here's why. I believe the hallmark of what we do is rehab Cairo's and you have the sign behind you. I came from the school of SFMA. It's not about the exercise. It's about the assessment. It's about getting to what we call in our practice, the root cause of the problem. And if I go to do a lecture at a gym with 10 or 15 people in there and they all have shoulder pain, if I follow the rehab principles that I believe in, that you teach, I cannot under any circumstance let those 10 to 15 people in that gym leave thinking that, I've just given them the three exercises to solve their problem because fundamentally I haven't done our process of in in our world, the SFMA or other assessments that we do to actually get to the reason why their shoulder hurts. And so if you try to tell me that I'm withholding information, I would probably tell you, and this is a little bit of me being a jerk, that no, no, you're actually doing a disservice to your clients. I'm doing the right thing. I love it. Yeah, I... uh this happens all the time. Like you give a great presentation then somebody comes up and asks you like, Hey, I have this pain in my shoulder. What is it? Uh, and it's like, well, I don't I have, who, how could I possibly know what it is? So funny story from old Josh's, uh, background. When I first took the FMS, uh, Greg cook taught for about two hours. And afterwards, you know, everybody swarms him cause we all just want to be around him. And it's like fanboy central. And I asked a stupid question and I said, Oh yeah, man, you know, I have this pain in my back. Like, what do you think it is? And he goes, bone cancer. And I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, well, I mean, it's a, without examining you, it's as likely that as anything else. So I don't know. I'd have to examine it. And I just remember that because obviously it was a huge emotional shift for me. Like, what do you think it is? And he just goes for the worst, absolute worst diagnosis possible. And he's made a good point though. Yeah, but without asking any questions or examining, how could I possibly know what it is? Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of important. I better go yeah. take your other courses, you know? 
So people do that all the time. And you bring up a good point too. Uh, you know, again, like, yes, you are withholding some information, but you are also, it would be doing a disservice if you provide information that's misleading, you know, like you're like, oh yeah, just do these stretches. And let's say that person does have early signs of colon cancer that's referring into their back pain. You don't want them hiding that stuff, right? You want to be able to ask them a few red flag questions. You're not going to ask them about freaking incontinence in front of, in the front of a st- seminar room, right? Or a workshop like, yeah, blah, blah. So I think that's good. So for those people listening that are like, okay, I do that. But Justin said, I have to have a sales system and a marketing, marketing and sales system. How do you get people from that moment to into your office? So I put on this kick-ass thing. Yep. What's my next step? One of our principles of doing this is if you want someone to do something, the earlier you speak about it, the better chance you've got, right? Okay. And so one of the key things when we do this, and again, we have it written out and we practice it and the whole thing, and it's been refined mm-hmm. and done over and over. And it's just, my staff hates me sometimes, but it works. So they don't hate me that much. Um, it's the it's the softest. And again, this is interesting, right? Because I'm coming on here like this guy's sales, you should go sell cars, whatever. Watch this. All I'm going to do at the beginning of the seminar is this line. And if you people out there use this, this is like, this is massive. This actually changes. This is the line. You get through your little intro, you say who you are. You say, hey, today we're here because most of you guys are here to learn about your shoulder. The information we're presenting today will most likely help about 75% of you. This is on a macro level, what we see helps most of the people that come into our world in our office. So we're going to give you our top tips. However, whenever we do this, inevitably, there's about 25% of you you that just want more. If you want more, when you get to the end of class, just come up and talk to me. That's it, right? So we seed that before we get going because what that starts to do is it starts to separate people. When And we can go into the, sort of the end of it, but my business partner, Allison, when she went and did this, literally she said, the class ended day week one and the guy walked up there and said, I heard you talking. I think I'm one of those 25%. When can I come in? I love it. So let me just try and recreate this right now with what I'm learning. I'm going to throw in the, I just want that you just want more, right? So I'm, I'm present, I've done a bunch of presentations about golf. So I'll say, Hey, today we're going to talk about li- physical limitations that make golf painful, that hold you back from hitting the ball further, that bother you, you know, make your back ache when you're putting. The things I'll show today are going to cover about 75% of you. But for 25% of you, uh, they may not work. And so I'm trying to remember how you said it. So if that's, uh, what, if that's you. If that's you. Just come talk to me after class. All right. So for about these will work for about 75% of you. And this is all you'll need. But for those of you, the other 25% that just want more, Come talk to me at the end of this presentation. I'll tell you how you can come into the office and start the process. I wouldn't even say that. The second part. Again, it's the softest. And again, that's my sales pitch at the beginning. It's literally- I'm trying to sell too hard, huh? But that's what- And so like- Rabinowitz is telling me to back off here. This is awesome. No, I'm serious. Because when we teach this stuff, again, it's like, oh, we teach sales. They're like, oh, whatever. And it's like, first of all, we're just teaching you how to speak in a way. Like it's the softest- pitch. It's like literally, hey, just mm-hmm. talk to me after class. Let's get into it. And again, it's just seeding them a little bit to say, hey, now I'm going to mm-hmm. look out. Like maybe this will work for me, but may, if I'm one of those other ones, now I have an opportunity to go and yeah. speak to that guy. A couple things yes. I just want to cover here. I know sometimes 
young doctors or those that are in practice a long time but are struggling, when we're talking workshops, I had somebody tell me like, oh man, you put on these workshops all the time and you said that you had, you know, 48 people at one of them, at all of them. And I said, no, I didn't say at all of them. I used that 48 example because it was our best ever, right? We, got, mm-hmm. we sold the room out. When you're doing workshops to market a practice, how many people are in the room for these? Because I have a feeling some people are thinking you got to fill up 35 seats. You got to have folding chairs. You got to do it. And I've done a ton with eight or 10 people at a CrossFit gym sitting on the boxes, sitting on the floor, super duper simple. Yeah. What works? Uh, good question. And actually, we now know that too many people is actually worse because that, that more than about 15 is actually pushing it too much. I would say the max is about 12 for one doc. If you have two in there, then you can expand it because one of the things that we want to be able to do as we're going through our mobility exercises and core and all that, we want to be able to, you know, work the room and say, hey, where are you feeling that? How's that going? And and so we want to give people that one-on-one attention. Uh, and if you have too so, many people there, it's going to be it's going to be a challenge to do that. So as long as I'm blocking out time regularly, and you can tell me what the schedule is, like once a month, once every two weeks, a group, all I got to find is eight to 12 people to make it worthwhile. That's so, it. Then again, this goes back to the first question you asked me. It goes back to what's pricing structure, right? So one of the things that we look at becomes like a a lifetime value of a client. And so let's just use ease of numbers. We know that a a new patient at, you know, XYZ practice and whatever is worth $2,000, and it's important to know that. So if you go and speak, Josh, twice a month and we nail this down, I mean, we really nail it. And we speak with eight people and we know now that our numbers can get uh, out of those eight, we can get three to become clients. So that's six per month. Well, six times two is 18. Well, so for two hours of my time, almost $18,000. Six times two is 12. Six times. Wow. All right. Yeah. We didn't learn math yet. I was so going to say, you, you don't have math. a math degree either. Okay. So, but then here, okay. So we didn't get it that good, but um, six times two is 12. And so you tell me, Josh, uh, for two hours of your time, for uh, two hours of your lecture, and you're going to make your hourly rate is now 6,000 bucks. Is that worth it? Absolutely. 100%. So it's math. Yeah. Plus that's 12 additional for this month, right? We still have the tail end of last month's care going on and all that other stuff. Yeah, it's a marketing system and plan. This is one of the aspects of it. One other suggestion that I just want to share, and if you want to back me up, I spent a lot of years of doing presentations wherever I could, and I would basically develop a different presentation every time. I had a conversation with Greg Rose, who by all accounts is wildly successful, and he said, don't do that. Develop one presentation that you're known for in your community and refine it, refine it, refine it, refine it. Give it to every place you can. And he said he did the body swing connection talk. He and Dave Phillips delivered that something like 1,200 times. They would do it for any group of PGA professionals. So anywhere in the world, they do it. It was a two-hour talk. He got it certified for continuing education units for the pros. And he said, we did it for rooms of 400 people, uh, you know, in the Metropolitan Golf Association up in New York, New Jersey. Huge. 400 golf pros in a room. They did it for uh, uh, the uh, Southern Louisiana Golf Association, which had eight people in a small room at a country club, right? Right. Eight people, those two cats flew out to give that talk. The reason I say this is, Greg says, you want to get it to a point where you know where the punchlines are. You know when everybody's going to laugh. You know when everybody's going to feel bad. You know 
the perfect picture to use. Oh, I'm trying to send this message. That picture is confusing. Because the other thing that will often happen is if you give the same talk, and I don't know if this happened to you, Justin, but a lot of times people walk up and say, that was awesome. Would you give it to my Rotary Club? Mm. They're not asking for a different presentation. They're blown away by this presentation. And they're saying, would you, you know, my brother's a member over at Canyon Gate. Would you, do you think we could, you would give this talk over there? Right. Don't give a totally different talk just to give a refined version of that talk. Yeah. Which takes me back to one other principle. And I don't mean to run you over, but have you had these experiences? Like having that one core presentation is like, I I mean, we, uh, the fundamental, especially with the exercises. And I think this, to your point of like the type of people that are listening to this podcast, they want to spend like eight hours on their PowerPoint slide on the diaphragm, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, if you're doing that, like it gives me a headache. So do you think that Sally from CrossFit Chimney Rock near us cares about the diaphragm? No, like she wants to maybe learn one core exercise that helps right. her back pain. So our exercises, to your point, like if we're doing a back pain, a hip, a deadlift, a squat seminar, the thing, it never really changes. Yeah. We dress and it up you differently. you learn too, like what exercises connect, what statements connect, do I need mini bands? Oh, it's better without. Should I have a foam roller there for support? Like, there's just these little details. And if you just refine, 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 you'll be able to consistently say, you put, because those things all lead to, you put 10 people in the room, I'm going to get two patients. You put 10 people in the room, I'm going to get two patients. Yeah. And if it's new, I've stumbled through new information. I'm like, oh shit, that didn't connect at all. Yeah. The, the word you use there, the most important word, and why, why should you refine the presentation? You should refine the presentation so that you can figure out how to connect the dots. That word you use is connection because where I see a lot of people struggle with this is they'll go and do their 90-90 hip stretch and show everyone and everyone loves the stretch, but they didn't connect it to why it's relevant and what problem that person has in front of them. And again, it's an easy example to use, right? So this is old FMS, SFMA principle. So the number one cause of injury is previous injury. Okay, we can't do anything about that. The number two cause of injury is asymmetry. And so if we put someone in a 90-90 position, great stretch. But Sally, if you feel different on the right than the left, we know that the science tells us that you are more likely to get injured. Well, if that's you, come talk to me after class. Or Ta-da! 12, isn't it? Yeah, there it is. Yeah, man, you sold me. I want to be Sally. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The other, uh, by the way, like, I don't know if you ever built like a handout or anything for these courses too. I like always having those, um, a very simplified one sheet handout. I typically just have a, a single Google slide picture of whatever we're talking about. So if it's a golfer, I'll have the golfer, you know, they they hit the ball and it's just grayed out a little bit. We're pointing thoracic spine, blah, blah, blah. And at the bottom, I can put my contact information mm-hmm. and um, people just, you know, everybody these days is going, oh, digital, digital, digital. And I always like to put a physical thing in their hand for the kinesthetic people, aka yeah. the people that like going to gyms and learning how to swing a golf club. Yeah. They want to hold something. You'll see them, they'll fold the paper, they'll unfold it, they'll draw, they'll dog ear it. Cool. Give them the opportunity to do that because the research says that only 40% of communication is verbal, right? Yeah. And so why not give them that? And it's super simple. But anyways, you can refine what you want on that um, uh, so that it further connects with those people and they can connect with you. 
I mean, there's so many strategies to optimize this whole process. You know, we've had the best success when we can get everyone's contact info before the seminar and we can send a questionnaire asking what problems they're having, right? Now we can cater the seminar to the people that are there and and we see what's going on. Like that's another just, it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But like it makes it, it, I didn't do it for four years. So it's like, those are great tips that if we can, uh, to implement those tomorrow. Now we can cater our talk around the, the things that people send us beforehand. Awesome. So final, final thought here, because I want to wrap this up just in time because I know you're a busy dude. Throughout your, your, how people can get a hold of you once again. Yeah. Shoot me an email, coaching at strive to move.com. If you want my free guide, uh, the rehab chiropractors checklist, I can send that over to you. Or if you want to set up a free call, I'm happy to happy to chat about anything that you'd like. Um, so right. that's the easiest way to reach out to me. I love it. Last question, mm-hmm. just for going down this. We get that person from a workshop. They saw us a workshop. They totally connected. They're coming into the office, right? They're coming into the office for the first time what's the most important thing that people listening can do on that first visit to start this process of making money from rehab? Ask a question. And the question should be, what stood out to you in the seminar? Oh, you know, everybody's always telling me to stretch my back and you're the first person to say, stretch my hips. Hey, so interesting you say that. So many of our pages tell us tell us the exact same thing, especially if they've been to other providers before. Um, so I'm glad you're here today because now we can put you through our specific assessment to determine if you should in fact be stretching. I love it. I love it because I think so many times we stumble along this path and almost got a really successful business. Almost. Yeah. But we didn't quite do it, you know? And I hope everybody's listening. And if you work with Justin and you explode your rehab chiropractic business, it serves, it makes my license more valuable as well. So I love that fact because if, Justin, if you get a thousand chiropractors to join you in the next five years, the only thing I can picture that happens is that every person that goes to a chiropractor has a higher likelihood of going to the right kind of chiropractor. So I got to say thank you on behalf of all chiropractors because I think you're making licenses more valuable by impressing the public with what rehab chiros can do. And by the way, if your patients, unfortunately, they look at you and think this cat's broke, he doesn't have enough money to like vacuum the office or the wallpaper needs to be replaced like 18 years ago, that affects that visit too, you know? And so I think you're in a way working to save the profession. So I say thanks, man. I appreciate you saying that and uh, likewise to you as well. All right, well, I guess we'll let this record for another 30 minutes. You can go ahead and compliment me as much as you want. <laughs> no, this was good. This yeah. was good. All right, so if people are interested, coaching at Strive, the number two, move, strive2move.com. And um, if you can figure out how to spell Justin's last name, Rabinowitz, you can find him and his new, you said you got a new podcast going and a couple other yeah. things. Yeah, yeah so I we think got- this is a, an area that nobody's really talking about, about how to help rehab chiros make money at it. So with that, uh, big thanks to you, Justin. I appreciate you being on today and sharing your message with everybody. Um, As I always say to all my listeners, and I think it fits perfectly in today's interview, go out there, maximize your license, and live the life you dream of. Justin, thanks so much for the time. Thanks. Thanks a lot for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information about me, about us, about our programs, then just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. 
Again, that's clinicgymhybrid.com. You can check us out there. We've got our accelerator program and a few other programs that will help you get up and running as quickly as possible and making more money while providing excellent active therapy to your patients. 